Welcome to All The Things Podcast. I'm Regina Lawrence, your host. I'm a lawyer turned soulful business strategist and transformational mindset coach. I'm also the founder of the community, All The Things Business. I've created a community of women who can truly be all the things, successful, spiritual, sexual, and wildly unique, all while creating a life of purpose and passion according to our own rules. We don't have to look or be a person that societal norms dictate anymore. We don't have to play by somebody else's rules. We can be whoever we want to be, and that person can be all the things in one. Each week, I'll bring you episodes where we dive deep into business, entrepreneurship, and a whole host of topics to help us dive into who we truly are so that we can really be all the things. Welcome to my podcast. Hey guys, I know that starting a business can be really complicated, confusing, scary, and there's so many moments when you're starting your business or when you're pivoting your business, you feel really, really confused and like you have no one to talk to. I totally understand that because when I started my coaching business, I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like I tried a million things and I would hit dead ends and I would just try and try and try and try. Luckily, I was able to figure it out, but I had to take the long way. And that is exactly why I am the business coach that I am, because I've tried and I've tried and I've tried all of the things, and I know what works in creating, scaling, and pivoting your online and coaching business. If you are needing a friend, if you are needing a coach and somebody to hold your hand through this crazy process of growing your business online, schedule a free 30-minute virtual coffee chat with me. Go to my website, reginalawrence.com, and click Schedule a Virtual Coffee Chat, and we can hop on and talk about one particular issue in your business that you are struggling with right now. And by the end of that 30 minutes, I promise you that you will have a solution. Once again, it's www.reginalawrence.com, and click Schedule a Virtual Coffee Chat. I cannot wait to talk to you and help you unravel anything you are struggling with in your business right now. Enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of All The Things Podcast. I am your host, Regina Lawrence. And today we have my friend, Emily Kuhn, who is a digital marketing mentor. And honestly, she is the data queen. Emily and I met last year at our Fast Foundations Mastermind with Chris and Lori Harder, and we instantly connected Emily, like me, made a crazy transition and pivot from a corporate life. Emily was a bank examiner for 15 years. On this episode, we talk all about her transition from being a bank examiner for 15 years to owning her own business and being an entrepreneur. We talk a lot about the power of pivoting. Even once you've started a business and you think you know what that business is going to be all about, pivoting when it's not profitable and fulfilling anymore. And we also talk about the power of quizzes and data and how you can use them effectively to help your business be more profitable. Emily is a certified consultant with Interact Quiz Maker, Tableau Ambassador, a co-host for the Tableau Wannabe Podcast, a data visualization instructor, and a tech coach for the Net Worth It School. She helps coaches to attract their ideal client to create the income and the impact they deserve. Emily is a mom and she is also married to an indie comic book creator. She is a coffee lover and a book lover, and she is one of the smartest, most genuine women that I have ever met. I'm so excited for you to get to experience Em's genius. And by the end of this podcast episode, you're going to want to create a quiz as the new lead magnet for your business. 
I hope you guys enjoy. Have a great day. Okay. Um, so for the listeners who are listening to the podcast today, how did you go from being a bank examiner to being a digital marketing mentor? It feels like such a jump. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? For a lot of people, it would be a jump. Um, so like I had been a bank examiner, as you know, for like 19 years and I was at this place where um, the, my work environment started to feel toxic to me. And I knew that I was going to have to rotate out of the position I was currently in. And so I really knew just because of how I work as a human, like I want to be in leadership. I wanted to be a formal leader in that organization, which meant I was going to need to either travel a lot more or have a really sucky commute. So my commute was already a round trip of three hours. It was going to be at least that. Yeah. And I really stepped back and said, like really thought to myself, I remember being in my office going, there has got to be more than this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the really the big thing that happened, kind of my aha moment, my awakening, if you will, is I was finally able to go to my son's Little League game one Saturday. Um, Because Little League is in the spring. That's actually, that was a high travel season for me. So I was frequently out of town or preparing the house stuff because I'd be out of town. So I was really never at his games. So the one Saturday I was there, I was so excited. I was by the dugout and like trying to chit chat with the moms. And I mean, I'll never forget it because one of the moms asked me, do you, do you have a kid in this game? And I had two thoughts. The first was like, um, yeah, because like, and do I just look like some rando that has like, <laughs> that just shows up to at Little League games? That was the first thought. The second one, it felt like, it felt like a punch to my gut. It hurt because I'm like, oh my God, they don't even know that I'm Alex's mom. Mm. And my daughter was having trouble with me being away. So she was, even though she was, older she was like seven years old she was really going through some separation anxiety and when I came to this conclusion that I was either gonna have to travel more or have a worse commute I was like there's got to be more than life to life than this so that's when I really took a reflection and said well what really are my values and what Am I acting in alignment with those values? Like I'm very, um, I would call it operational, but like I'm very like um, logical. So I mean, what, what are my values? And if I say that family is a big value, is a primary value of mine, am I doing the things, am I acting in alignment with that value? Yeah. And I was really acting in alignment up until that point because I didn't realize that it was having an adverse effect on my family. I was really acting in alignment with career as a primary value and not family. So when I 
reflected on that. And I guess it was also around the time where, like, I love books. And so I had read Live It by Jarek Robbins, changed my life. Like, I love that book. It's like the one I always recommend because he goes through this process of um, kind of rolling through what your ideal day looks like. And when I rolled through what my ideal day looked like, it was not working in the public sector. <laughs> and so it was, it was not rushing. It was waking up naturally, being able to walk the kids to school, being able to work out and prepare for speaking and helping others. So those two things kind of came together. And I talked to my husband and I said, listen, the work situation, like it was a perfect storm of that nudge I needed that I didn't know because I had friends that would say, uh, like outside of the agency that would say, yeah, you'll probably leave your job in like three years. And I'm like, I doubt it. Like, I feel like I'm a lifer. And I truly did believe that. <clears throat> but that toxic environment gave me the nudge because I think I would have just, otherwise I think I just would have like carried on. Yeah. But that gave me the nudge to ask myself the question, really reflect and then make the change. How long after you asked yourself that question and like you had the realization at your son's game, did you, did you make the shift and leave the job? So the kind of that part where I was still sleepy, but starting to wake up, yeah. that was like in uh, March, April timeframe. And then, um, that toxic environment really came to a head in, I would say, November, around November of that year. So that's about six months, and or maybe it was October, something like that. And soon after that, because I felt so bad, I know I'm not the smartest person on the planet, but I felt like I couldn't do anything right. I knew I was being given a rope to hang myself. I doubted my abilities. Um, I didn't have allies at work. So it just, all of that, I was like, well, why? Why? You know, so after I really had that reflection, it was only a month or two after that, that I had made the decision. So what, what we started doing was, I didn't tell people at work, but transferred insurance over, like did all the behind the scenes things that you need to do. Yeah. And then just because of how I show up, how I want to show up as a person and as a good employee, I was still engaged at work. I was still producing. Um, I mean, I wrote, I, I co-authored policy and procedure for substantial issues for the agency, trained new people, all of that good stuff. I gave them six weeks notice, which mm -hmm. is like, unheard of because I wanted them to have time to be able to fill my position because I knew how important it was. So, um, and then I was gone the following June. Wow. Yeah. When you left the following June, had you already started your um, business as an entrepreneur? No. So this is like, you know, we try not to have any regrets. Um, but if I look back, this was one thing that if I were to do it all over again, I think I would have uh, put 
more energy into figuring out what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and testing it out and getting some clients because really what happened, like I projected my burn rate, like my expenses beautifully. Like I hit those numbers perfectly. But here's what happened um, because I knew I needed to get out. And honestly, I was doing so much at work. Like it was, it was all consuming because I wanted to make sure that my record when I left was pristine. If in case I ever wanted to come back right. or whatever. Um, so I didn't really have like a ton of time outside of work to really start building a business. I wish I had though, because when I left, my idea was, Hey, I have actually over 20 years of experience in banking, 19 as a regulator. I had worked at a bank in almost all levels um, from a staff perspective. So I have that. And I also, at the same time, have some data visualization experience. I have marketable skills. I'm just going to go out and be a data visualization consultant for banks. But what happened was that, and I took the summer off, by the way, because I played with the kids and it was amazing. It was like summer break. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. Um, but what happened was that I did not feel the spark to, I like, I kind of tried to get leads to talk to banks, but it just wasn't exciting for me. And so therefore I wasn't doing the work. So what happened because I wasn't doing the work to get the leads that meant the income projections were way off. So I wish I would have started earlier because I could have gone through that clarity process, that clarifying process a lot earlier totally. and then I would have been ahead. But you know, this is part of my journey. That's just not how it happened. If you were going to talk to an entrepreneur who wants to start their business and is wanting to leave their full-time job, what's some advice that you would give them before they make that jump out of the full-time salary job? So I'm going to be, well, I think this is very like practical advice. Okay. Um, first thing is uh, like reduce your debt or eliminate your debt. So that was something that I did and it felt good because I knew I didn't need to make a hundred thousand or $200,000. I just needed to cover living expenses because I didn't have to cover a credit card or debt expenses. So if you can do that, like, that's a great, like, um, I really have this belief that when we don't feel like we have to chase the money, it really helps us make good decisions. So that's one reason why I say that because it's a lot, um, it feels a lot more doable if you only need to make $12,000 a year or 20,000 versus 160. Yeah. You know, so that's one thing. The second is I would, I would start my business. I would start that market research because, um, even when I started my business, so all right, I identified, yeah, bank data visualization consulting is not my jam. Consulting, not my jam. Okay, then what? And I thought about this idea I had three years before, coaching analytics, where I provide data services to online coaches. 
amazing value that I see. It's really hard, I think, for some online coaches to understand why that's necessary for their business. Totally. And at that time, and even now, it doesn't feel like a must-have service. It's more like, this is a nice to have, or if I really want to scale from like six to seven figures, that's when you'll look more at like in-depth analytics and dashboarding. But a lot of coaches aren't there yet. So giving yourself that time to do the market research to see if you're, what you want to do is even feasible, right? Like data service, data services for entrepreneurs or online coaches for who I want to serve. It really is not feasible where I'm at and the people who I want to serve right now. And that's okay. Like that gives me the permission to then pivot to figure out how can I provide a service to entrepreneurs where it feels good for me, it meets their needs. Um, and kind of that's how I pivoted into quizzes really. Um, it's interesting you just talked about the pivots that have happened in your business. I know for myself, I've pivoted so many times. I've even pivoted in the niche that I'm in to, to different things or deeper down in the niche. Give a little bit of advice on how, how to pivot, why you pivoted, because I think people get so, they get locked into an idea that I want to do this particular thing and it's not working, but they're worried about pivoting. Yeah. Okay. So, oh my gosh. Um, you know, I think some of it's mindset. Yeah. Like when I, when I teach people data visualization, like on the, I have a stream of income that um, is data visualization instruction, like teaching people how to do charts and graphs. Mm -hmm. So when they show me their chart and graph for the first time, they're like, I'm sorry, this isn't really good. And you know, it's my first time. I'm like, no, we don't apologize. This is version one. This is iteration one. We will always be iterating. And so I bring that up because entrepreneurs are doing this all the time. We're always iterating. We're always doing that version one, version 1.1, version two. And that is perfectly fine. It's yeah. us figuring out how we can meet our needs and our clients' needs. And when it comes to like figuring out even within your uh, niche, I actually, I also just recently did this. I, I changed my I hope statement. Yeah. Because I went from I help entrepreneurs to I help online coaches. Yeah. It's still scary every time you do it, even though like, and I preach, and I'm sure you do as well, uh, and we hear other people preaching this where the riches are in the niches, and, you know, being very clear on who you're talking to, and if you're talking to the broad, it's really hard for that person who you really want to help to hear that message, so it's scary, I feel like, to make that change, but it also is, it makes things so much clearer. Yeah. It makes it so much easier, and we have a mutual friend, Natalie. I had a session with her one time and she said something to me that it really shifted how I felt. Mm -hmm. And that was, there are no wrong decisions. Mm -hmm. Everything, I forget exactly what she said, but basically what I took away from it was, <clears throat> there are no wrong decisions. Everything is happening just as it should. 
And that gave me such peace because I was like, okay, well, you know, like that data visualization consulting thing that I thought I was going to do, that I had all this background in. Okay, that wasn't a wrong decision. That was helping me get to this point. Yeah. And so that was like massively important for me because it gave me that permission to go, these pivots are perfectly fine. This decision I'm making is perfectly fine. Yeah. So that's something I've like really adopted in all areas of my life. Like there's no wrong decisions. Like there's always a lesson, but especially in my business and in like the niching and the pivoting, it's something that's coming up constantly in coaching and with people I'm working with. Um, that's the thing that is the hardest for them. And I remember when I started my business, niching down was like, oh no, is it too specific? Like, are people going to, am I going to have any clients? Yeah. And I think sometimes, I think some of that is also related to the messaging we hear about niching. Like, because there are some people who are like, no, you need to know the color of her hair, her color of her eyes. And I mean, personally, I might not either just be, I might not be that well enlightened about that, but I don't know that you need to know the color of her eyes and the color of her hair. And I think, yes, if we're thinking about, I can only serve um, blue eye, red hair, freckled um, Amazon goddesses, right? Like we can't think of all of those people. I, like, I don't even know how many of those individuals are out there that I just described. So I understand the fear. But I think if we start thinking about, and I see this with network marketers, I see this with a lot of online coaches of, I just want to help everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, um, it, you know, one of my posts that I had written one time was, if you can put like a deer or if you can name, kind of just give your person a name, yeah. it really clarify your message and how you connect with somebody. So if you can't, like if you're helping all these people and talking to everybody, it just makes it really hard to connect with those individuals who you really want to serve. Totally. It's so funny. I literally just had this conversation with a client yesterday where she was like, I, you know, like my avatar, like she doesn't have a hair color and I don't know what color her eyes are. And I said to her, listen, I get that that's what a lot of online coaches are teaching, but my girl doesn't, she doesn't have a name, but I know her pain points. I know how she consumes content. I know what kind of media she likes to consume. And I know how to offer a solution to her pain. And I was like, and I think that's the most important thing that we as coaches do with that. Yeah. And you know, cause I, <laughs> I mean, I've like truly have become obsessed with learning all about ideal client and like helping me figure it out because it felt so foreign to me and then helping others. Um, but, you know, earlier this year, I didn't have a name for my ideal client. I was like, mm, that's kind of woo-woo. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I, you put, it, know. Put, put it in with the sage. <laughs> I Although I still have it. Um, but what I learned was that it actually, um, I went through an exercise where I actually did give the person a name. And I actually felt more connected to her. Okay. So I think the bottom, for me... It's kind of like, well, what do you need? Do you need to name the person to right. feel connected? Well, if so, amazing. That's great. Do it. If you don't, because you know everything else about that person, 
amazing. Like there's no wrong answers. Like how do we connect? And if it's with a name, amazing. If it's without a name, amazing. Like it's okay. There's totally what works best for you. Totally. And all your pivoting in your business, um, did you have to make any shifts and pivots when COVID hit? Um, no, not really, which is nice. I mean, I made some shifts based on how I grew as a person and really thinking about what I want to do and what lights me up in my business. So I made the decision of thinking, you know, thinking about how would it be fun? Because remember where I was talking about, you know, I took the summer off when I first made the transition into entrepreneurship and it was amazing. I want the flexibility to do that yeah. because it just, I have kids, it aligns. Um, and so one of the things as I was coming up with this, what would my business, like, how would it feel fun and easy? How would I feel like lit up all the time? I love teaching. Mm-hmm. Like I absolutely love it. And one of the things that I thought about was, you know, I actually, for me, want to get out of doing the one-on-one, the client work. Um, I have a vision for my business where I build more of an agency model. And in fact, I've, I have somebody that does some quiz development work for me now. So I can really focus on content and the things that I'm strong at and let somebody else do the implementation. So that's a good use of my time. But then I can also focus on teaching. So around COVID, I actually figured it out and it was just beautiful the way that it worked out. Um, And it happened more on the data visualization side where the classes weren't being held on um, in person anymore. And so they were like, okay, well, we're going to do virtual classes. Emily, would you like to teach one? Absolutely. And I just, I just felt so lit up and that's where it felt really good. And, And a couple of other things just kind of hinted at that as well, where I'm like, this is what I want to do. This is really what I want to do with my business. And I mean, it's scary to put out there, but I actually want to build something like Amy Porterfield, right? Like their signature offers, it's courses, because I love doing that. Yeah. So I have a whole vision, but COVID kind of gave me that realization. It gave me the opportunity to realize this is really how I want to show up. Totally. So it gave you like an idea about like what you really want the business to look like and how you want to be in the business too. Yeah. And it was amazing. And then I, um, towards the, well, I would say towards the end of COVID cause we're not at the end, but, um, um, in the summer I launched my first group coaching program and, or built it and then launched it and we just finished it up and it felt so great to support so many and to teach them and to really help them because I love helping people. This sounds weird, right? But I love helping be, people be efficient because when you can like not worry about setting up an email sequence or if you don't have to worry about um, getting somebody's email through a DM or you've got something like a, a quiz in your bio that people can just take and it opts them in and you set up an email sequence and you don't have to really think about anything, which is great because then you spend time on your income producing activities in your zone of genius. Like that's what I talk about when I think about efficiency is I help you do that 
stuff that you don't really like want to do or want to focus on so you can spend more time doing the things you want to do and love to do and focus on. Totally. What are some of the areas that you are finding um, entrepreneurs struggle with efficiency in the most? Um, I think it is with like scheduling. I know that that sounds for me, for me, it's like, well, there's solutions out there. That's easy. But um, I think scheduling is a big thing, like going back and forth and figuring out, well, what time works best for you? 12, one? No, I hate that crap. Like, I will send you my link. Like somebody tried to do that. And I sent them my link. I'm like, look, here's when I'm available. Schedule your time. I'm not doing this back and forth. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that there's an opportunity to um, do some, it really, this also kind of just depends on the person, but like batch content working where you schedule, like you plan out your content and whether that's email or social media. So that way you can be more efficient when you go to write the post or go to write the email. Because I know I have felt that too, where I'm like, Oh crap, what do I write today? Yeah. And when I don't have my planner, when I don't have my social media calendar, I'm like, I feel lost. So that lost is time wasted. And if you think about how much your time is worth, like those dollars add up and that energy adds up. So those are like simple things that I think we can just um, do like little things to help improve efficiencies. Totally. Uh, You talked a little bit earlier about quizzes and about teaching people how to use quizzes for efficiency purposes. How, okay, first of all, why, why should entrepreneurs be utilizing quizzes in their businesses? You're like, it's, you know what you've done really well, just as an aside, when I see the word quiz, I think Emily. Like, that's amazing. (laughs) I, there's never, truly, there's never a time that I see, hear the word quiz, or I see people using quizzes in their business, and I'm like, oh, Emily Kuhn. Like, I always think of you. That's awesome. That is so great. Your Um, marketing's working. It's working. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Um, So here's the thing. I think quizzes are an amazing tool for an entrepreneur to use. They are an, they're an awesome lead magnet, you know, to help us get those leads to build our email list or our text messaging list. Um, so they're really helpful in that. They have a better conversion rate than most other lead magnets. So generally, a uh, conversion rate for quizzes is around 50%. Traditional lead magnets tend to hang out in that 25 to 35% range. Oh, wow. So, and I know for my clients, when I've written the quiz, um, the best conversion rate has been 69%. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) I know. I loved it. I was like, this is amazing. That's so good. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so it's a great lead magnet. But what I love is that... It can help you also, and this is why I call it a tool, um, because I think it can do so much for us. So it, yeah, it brings the leads in that you can then nurture through email, but you can also learn about those leads. And this is like the data nerd of the data nerd side of me is like, Ooh, this is like the best part. Um, because 
when you can learn about those folks, you can write content, whether that's social media or email or whatever. You can also create services or a new freebie. Like Amy Porterfield did this the other day. I saw, um, actually it was an ad she had. She was like, hey, you took this quiz and the results showed that you really wanted a masterclass on X. I was like, that's brilliant. That's how it should be done. Yep. So it can help us learn more about our people. So that way we can then serve them more, whether that's through the content, free content or paid content. So that's why I love it. And then just like from an efficiency side, like I love being able to have the results map over to the email service provider. So then if you only want to talk to a certain group of people, like uh, if you were, I don't know, a money mindset coach and your results were you have a great mindset, a average mindset or a poor mindset, you could write content and deliver it just to the great mindset people, just to the poor. So that way, again, you're connecting, you're building that no like trust. And when you go to sell your service or your product to them, right? Like you can connect with them instead of the general email blast. Um, and so, I mean, that takes some additional effort. So it's not like every entrepreneur at day one or zero is going to do that, but it really sets you up nicely so that, yeah, if you have some time that you can dig in and actually if you spend time on the front end building out that onboarding sequence then having a call to action that relates exactly to their specific result they feel seen and that's why quizzes work so well like they help us figure out who we are we felt seen and we get a ton of value so that's why i love them as a tool for entrepreneurs like they're just they're the best. There's just something about a quiz too. And I think like for me, it brings me back to like magazine quizzes and the early, like, I felt like, I, I feel like quizzes have made a comeback, but I feel like there was a while where there weren't a lot of quizzes, but the early days of like Facebook and Facebook quizzes where it's like, what Disney princess character yes. are you? Like the dumbest things that I would literally be like, well, I want to know what Disney princess I am. Right. So like, I feel like quizzes feed in so well to that mentality. Yeah, because, and so like, it's so funny because somebody was asking me about my program the other day and I was like, oh, I've designed it to end at the holiday time because guess what folks, watch your notifications when Buzzfeed sends you 17 quizzes to take at Thanksgiving, right? We want that little bit of escapism. <laughs> We're curious. We love talking about ourselves. So of course we want to know more about ourselves. So that's why quizzes also do really well at the holiday time. So yeah, those are, those are the reasons why now, uh, why they do so well and why you see them on Facebook. Facebook's a great platform for quizzes. Um, but it's interesting because while you and I can go, oh, what Disney princess? Yes, I'd love to find out. Mm -hmm. I've also heard on the other side of, well, Emily, I give two shits about what Disney princess I am. Aren't quizzes just cutesy and fun? Like, how can they really help my business? And that's where I'm like, okay, well, let's go. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about segmenting. You know, like I talked about it, like communicating directly to those individuals who got a specific result in email marketing terminology. That's segmentation. Segmentation actually gives you like a ridiculous percentage increase on your revenue. 
So if you think up to 760% is cute, cool. I do too. I also love that it can make me money. So, um, so some of it is, it's not just Disney princess. Yes, those are the fun quizzes that we can see, but we can also develop a quiz that's entertaining or fun or just, or, or serious, but all of it can help our business. Again, we're communicating, like this is the thing I talk about when it comes to data or tech or quizzes. This is all to help facilitate that human connection. Yeah. That's what it's about. Like, <laughs> that's it. Do, I mean, do you ever use quizzes? So we've talked about quizzes as a lead magnet, but also have you, or do you use quizzes? So say you have an existing email list and you're creating a new program. This is a completely selfish question, by the way, you're creating a program and you're trying to figure out the biggest pain points and struggles of your list. Now, um, is a quiz an efficient tool to get information from your existing list? Absolutely. Um, so that's a great reason to use them. My clients so far are just using them for lead generation. Um, however, this is the thing. And I think we're kind of in the wave, right? Because I think people now are starting to realize we need to own our list. Like we cannot just have social media, um, because we don't own that. So people are starting to own the list and figure out, okay, I need to do that. How can I do that? What's a good way? But that's on the acquisition side. Really, there's also the retention side, which is what you just talked about. So quizzes are great for that acquisition, but also really good for retention. Because remember, like as we are in business for a while, the people who signed up on our list on day one may have different needs on day 732. Yep. And so as they change, we really need to get to know them more. And a quiz is a really fun way to do that. And they don't have to opt in. They're already on your list, but you still learn information about them. So that way you can serve them and serve. You can actually take a look at what does my list look like now? What do they need? And because you have information when they opted into your list, so you can even do like I'm getting really like bank examiner-ish right now. Like you can do a vintage analysis, um, <laughs> but you can really take a look at, okay, well, for the people who've been on my list for five years or four years or whatever the thing is, how long, however long the time is, are their needs different than the people who've been on my list for one year or less? Mm -hmm. And I mean, when it comes to that stuff, like you could go to like the nth degree. I always think about like, having some wine and just like playing around and exploring to see what the data shows you. Mm, so good. So aside from being the quizzing experts, um, what has your business pivoted into? What are you focusing on now in your business and how are you working with people one-on-one -on -one or in a group setting? Yeah. So, um, so I have, I've pivoted into more of group coaching because I can reach more people at and reach the people that I want to work with. Like we talked about niching and that pivot. You know, what I realized when I was building out my program and thinking about my price points and, and knowing that quizzes can help entrepreneurs at all levels, not just the Marie Forleo's and Amy Porterfields of the world, is I really love helping those like newish, those DIY entrepreneurs mm -hmm. or DIY with support is also how I think about it. 
so how can I, how can I make quizzes available for them, accessible, right? Because for my one-on-one clients, my done-for-you clients, that price point is not something that they, like a new or a DIY entrepreneur would likely be willing to invest in. Yeah. So how can I open that up? And really clarifying, these are the people that I really love and building a product for them or a service for them felt really great. So um, I have the group coaching and then I also have where we partner, where you really as the subject matter expert, you bring that in. And then I provide my quiz expertise to really come up with a product or a, a quiz that is the best possible product. And then of course I have my done for you for those clients that they just want to outsource with a strategic partner. Yeah. And then, um, you know, that's, that's the main bread and butter of my entrepreneurial journey right now. I love that. Um, when is your, is your, um, academy for coaching? Is it open right now for enrollment or did you just close enrollment? No. So I, it's open for enrollment now. Um, we have our first call. I've slated it for October 13th. So around that time is when we'll start like doing the introductions and getting started. But the whole goal is to have the quiz and everything done by that Christmas, um, Christmas-ish time, depending on how fast people go. Like I'm there to support you. If you want to get it done by Thanksgiving, we'll do that. Um, so yeah, that's I love it because we spend a lot of time on ideal client and um, we, I mean, well, it's not like a ton of time, but it's the time we need. Yeah. But what I thought was so amazing and I do content reviews. So I absolutely love providing feedback because I love feedback and I appreciate as an entrepreneur when somebody tells me, Emily, this is okay. I saw what you did, but this is, this is what would be better. And here's why. So I love that feedback. So I do content reviews of the quizzes. And um, I mean, I help out with the tech support if they need it. But for ideal client, what one of my students told me was, she goes, it was amazing to me because I thought I was just building a quiz. But what I really understood was that the quiz was a tool to really help me figure out my ideal client. Because I get like super in the weeds with it. Like, okay, you wrote... I am exhausted. Now, is that how your ideal client speaks? Or do they speak, or do they, would they say it? I'm exhausted, or I'm exhausted, yo. We want to use the words your ideal client is using. And so we go to that level because then we can use the words, like the quiz is the tool. Then we can use the words in the social media posts because now we're intentional. We know about those words. And so I, I love supporting people. And it, that was such a great, aha moment i think for both of us that's amazing and that makes a lot of sense because you have to when i think about a quiz you have to be so specific in each line of the questioning to bring them to the next page for the next result yeah yeah i mean it's your first like i i always tell my clients it's the first touch point for a lot i mean because a lot of times this is going to a cold audience people who don't really know us yet so, or they just like kind of know us. So this may be their first experience with us. So we really want to take every opportunity to connect with them. Yeah. So, you know, we're very intentional about how we do this, but I love it. it for me, it's fun. Mm -hmm. 
So I love being able to show up and support people that way. I love that. It should be fun. Yeah. Right? I mean, we, we quit our, we quit our corporate jobs so we could have more fun. <laughs> there are moments where I go, Oh shit. I know. I mean, there's a lot of moments like that, but there's more <laughs> like being like, this is fulfilling to me. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I can't remember, like, I'm like, I just can't imagine going back. No. Like, this is it. No. I still have PTSD from, like, my toxic boss. Like, I think about things he did in hindsight, and I'm like, no, never again. Yeah. I mean, I, (laughs) there are so many lessons, but that's the thing. Like, I love learning about them and how I show up now, and I'm like, okay, this is, I can show up how I want to, and it's my business, and I can run it kind of how I want and support who I want. And that has taken a long time because I'm sure you can relate where, you know, you are expected to look and act a certain way and use certain words. And so you have to really, I think Jackie, like she used to say uncondition, right? Like you have to uncondition yourself to like, okay, well, who is Emily? How does she actually show up? Yeah. Like, how does she wear her hair? Totally. <laughs> so Jackson and I did a podcast episode on this and we talked about like when we left our corporate jobs, the hardest part of coming into entrepreneurship and building a brand online is that we had to step into and share who we really were. And we were like, but who am I really? Yeah, yeah it's really hard. And it takes, I mean, it, it can take a while. Like there's still parts of me where I'm like, uh, I don't know, somebody like might get offended or something, but yeah. Same. There's still parts of me where I'm just getting, it's like, and I, this is what I teach my clients. It's like a slow process, like start to share and reveal parts that you're comfortable with. And it's, it's, it's a process though, to step into who you really are when you've been so conditioned to have to be a certain way for a certain job and environment for so many years. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think that it, it's great for us, right? Because I think that it gives us this different perspective and helps us show up for our clients differently, right? Because if we had been entrepreneurs all along, we wouldn't have the same perspective. We wouldn't have that same appreciation. And so when I have people come in, like, you know me, I'm not really like, I'm very like logical. I'm like, woohoo, right? Like there's the very logical side, but then I got some crystals and sage, (laughs) but mainly it's logic. And, um, but when I have clients come in, I am so appreciative of them. And I am like, we will do what it takes to get this done. Like, I'm not going to let you fall off. I am going to be there to support you because I just remember feeling lost. I mean, before I signed up for the mastermind that we were in, I remember going, I can't like, Am I doing the right things? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And it was just me. And it's not like it's LA or something where there's this like massive entrepreneurial community. Right. So I want to be their person that can support them and go, okay, you got sick and you're off track for a week or two. Don't worry. We've got this. You know, mm-hmm. that like we can show up that way because we know what it's like to need that level of support to know what it's like to work for somebody and not ever want to go back and really have everybody because we're empowering to have everybody in our circle, you know, rising tide lifts all ships, ships. So to help everybody so that we can rock it out. 
So that's just kind of like why I show up like that, why I'm like, all right, girls, ladies, we're going to do this. We're going to get it done. I am going to be there for you. Don't you worry if you've got an issue. I got you. Oh my God. I love that. And that's how I feel as a coach too. Same mentality. It's like, we're going to do this. Like I struggled for so long by myself before I really invested in a coach and in a mastermind. Like I'm going to help you. We're going to get this done. It's going to be great. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And where can people connect with you, find you, pimp yourself out? Yeah, so I love hanging out on Instagram. So does my ideal client. Um, right, well, that's the first place for you to be. Right, <laughs> right. So you can find me at Emily Kund. That's E-M-I-L-Y-K-U-N-D. Um, I am in my DMs a couple of hours a day. So I love connecting with people there. So please send me a hello give me a little star emoji so I can see it in my DMs to let me know that you came from Regina's podcast. Um, so yes, you can find me there. Um, if you like, I'm pretty chill. So like when it comes to services, if I don't think a quit, like I've had people come up to me and ask me like, I don't know if a quiz is right. And I'm like, well, let's talk about it. Yeah. And so I want to work with people who I know it's a good decision and a good investment. Cause I hate waste. Like that's part of that efficiency. So I love answering questions about it. So you can find me on Instagram. My website is emilycoon.com. Um, I love connecting. If you want like 10 steps to create a quiz, just shoot me a DM and I will, with your email and I'll email it over to you. Amazing. So, Yay. Thank you so much. This was so great. Thank you for being a guest. And while you always make data sexy, hey. <laughs> You made quizzes very sexy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You I'll know? Share, I'll share all of Emily's contact information in the show notes. Thank you so much for being a guest and sharing your genius with the All The Things podcast community. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I love it. Of course. And, and I love how you show up for your people. It's awesome. Thank you. Um, if you guys love this episode, Emily and I would be so appreciative if you took a screenshot, shared it on your story, tag me and Emily at Emily Kuhned and tell us what you loved about it. I love you guys so much. Thank you for another great week and I will see you next week. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved what you heard, I would be beyond thankful if you would share this podcast on your Instagram story and share with me what about the episode with me or with my guests that you loved. Also, please remember if you love this podcast to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes so that you don't miss out on all of the incredible guests and topics that we have lined up for you during this crazy year. And as always, if there is ever a guest or a topic or anything you would like for me and a guest to discuss, just shoot me a DM on Instagram at Regina A. Lawrence. Lots of love, guys.